Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. Good. Have you done your Christmas shopping yet? Yep. Oh, mine's done. Mine's complete. Guys, let me tell you something, a secret. The greatest gift to a man, not from a woman, but, but to, from, from, uh, from, from the Lord with the common grace of technology, is called shopping online. Yes, sir. yes, yes. And so all my shopping is complete. I actually had one of my gifts delivered to Pastor Keith's house and make sure he knows that. Uh, we talked about it because I didn't want to come to our house, but I got all my shopping done online. I feel like I'm the man this year. So, yes, I conquered that. Um, but as uh, Alan uh, our, our youth pastor said is that you know we have um, uh, Christmas Eve service coming up and just to encourage you guys um, when I first got saved and gave my life to Christ in 99 you know Christmas really didn't have a meaning to it it was just gifts and family and things like that and I remember going to my home church in North Carolina the first Christmas Eve service and I just went by myself uh, you know they said we're having a Christmas Eve service I want to try it out I love Jesus let's see what happens and you know it really did something in my heart when I went to it and it became a tradition for me and then when my wife and I met it became a tradition for us and so I literally, um, I think, save maybe four out of the 16 years I've been saved, I've been to a Christmas Eve service. And it's beautiful, especially if you have, um, you know, your family with you. They may not want to go to church any other time of the year. They'll come that time of the year. And let your children know that, yeah, we're going to open gifts. We're going to have fun, the Christmas tree, we'll do all that. But we're also going to worship Jesus. And our kids will have a great uh, kids ministry experience too. So I want to encourage you, if it's not a tradition of your family, to do that. Make Christmas Eve where it's about Jesus first and then you celebrate him and then you go celebrate the family second but it's something dear to my heart that I really um, loved and and I've just been reflecting this this Christmas about how Christmas is so much different now because of Jesus in my life and it ha- it's like Christmas has color again now because of Jesus and uh, I just want to encourage you guys for Christmas Eve be praying for it if you can come come on well if you're new with us today we're in a series called hashtag struggles week three and we've been looking at how social media has affected this generation so you may say oh Kevin I'm way beyond that I don't even use social media. <laughs> well, um, understand when I say that, um, I don't mean that um, if, you're not on, if you're on social media, it's affected you or not. It's affected how our generation operates, how our generation thinks. You say, well, I'm not part of this generation. Yeah, you are. If you're born and you're not dead yet, you're part of this generation, right? And so it's everybody in this room. We've been looking at how has social media affected our uh, lives and relationships. Um, you know, matter of fact, I had a, had a, a Thriver send me a video, which I posted on a, the page and our, our group page about if, if Facebook was a country, I think it said it'd be the third largest country in the world. That there's millions and millions of users. And so, we, you, you know, if you're not into social media, you can say well, it's not that important. But friends, realize um, people spend more time on social media than they do in actual conversations this day and time. Um, we are, are, are a generation that is shaped by that. So we must understand as followers of Jesus, how do we make sure we protect ourselves as we use social media from the culture? Let me say this. I love social media. It's a great tool. So this is not like, get rid of social media, start January 1st, get off and fast and don't do it. I'm not saying that that. But I am saying that there are unintended consequences that happen from social media. Matter of fact, one uh, one study that was done showed that um, there were 35 million hashtag selfies. And then they did a study 11 months later on the hashtag with selfies. And there was 100 million selfie hashtags. 
That's crazy growth, isn't it? Yeah. Of people taking pictures of themselves and, and taking the selfies. If you've never done a selfie, then don't do it. Don't start it. Um, I hate doing selfies. I don't like pictures of myself at all. And so today we're going to look at the idea of, um, of, of authenticity as we live in a filtered generation. And go ahead and turn your copy of God's Word to 2 uh, Corinthians 3.13. 2 Corinthians 3.13. See, I'm 36 years old, so I'll tell you how old I am. Um, and my generation hated pictures. Remember yearbook pictures? Anybody in my generation? Remember some yearbook? yearbook pictures, you didn't like them because you had one chance to get it right, right? If your mom got your bangs cut this way, it's in the yearbook forever. And the way um, they did, I think it was Olin Mills. Anybody have Olin Mills? They, they do. Everybody's, yeah, okay, I think everybody had Olin Mills. But Olin Mills would do your pictures and you come to you know, school for your school book pictures. And if you didn't have the money, you couldn't get the, uh, or see your, see your picture until the yearbook come out. You're like, I gotta get the yearbook and you got it because you wanted to see what it looked like. Um, that's why we were not big on getting our pictures taken. It was unfiltered, right? It was the real us. I mean, I love looking at people's yearbook pictures because uh, you can see what they really look like. Well, in this day and time, you can actually filter out your zits. You can give yourself a tan. You can make yourself look skinny, which I need to do. Um, we send out the filtered us, and we want people to see the filtered us, not the real us. And one unintended consequence of social media in this generation is that we have lost authenticity in this generation. We have lost being authentic. And the heart behind this message is this. The more filtered our lives become, we show the person we want everyone uh, to want us to see, but not who we really are. The more filtered that our lives become. And it goes just beyond, it goes beyond just social media. Because many of us live filtered lives. Nobody really knows what's going on. Nobody really knows what's happened. Nobody really knows the struggles that we're facing. And we live a filtered life. The passage we're going to look at today um, is a cool, I guess, analogy of how that works. Paul was speaking to the church at Corinth. This is 2,000 years ago uh, in the first century. And he's speaking to this church in Corinth and he's referring to Exodus 34 of the story of Moses. Remember Moses went up. If you've uh, you know, not read it, you've seen the, the movie. <laughs> he goes up, Charlton Heston, um, and he has the, 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 the tablets and he comes down. Well, Moses goes up to the mountain. He comes down with the glory of God on, his, on him. I mean, God's glory is all over him because he was in the presence of the Lord. And when he comes down, he puts a veil over, a veil over his face and, and you're going to see how this veil works with this generation as well. So let's go ahead and look at 2 Corinthians 3.13 and this is like Moses, this is Moses coming down from the mountain and Paul is speaking about this. Let's look at it. He says, we are not like Moses who put a veil over his face and watch this to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. Now Here's the key there. If you may not even understand what this, what Paul is saying. Moses didn't put a veil on his face to hide the glory from people. The glory was, was fading from his life. When he came off the mountain, the moment he came off the mountain, God's glory, he was shining. He was literally shining. He put it so they couldn't see God's glory fading off his life. God's glory was fading off of him. And it, the glory made him look good, a great leader. He was Moses. Whoo! He glows. Well, Moses began to stop glowing, so he put a veil over it, not to protect them, but to hide himself. So it's from the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for 
to this day, the same veil remains when the Old Covenant or the Old Testament in the Bible is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. We'll look at the veil today in our generation as well. Verse 15 says, even to this day when Moses is read. Now Moses uh, refers to uh, the first five books of the Bible. It is uh, uh, tradition in history, even Jewish tradition in history that Moses wrote those five. Um, that, that's tradition in, in Jewish history as well. Um, it says, when Moses is read, a, a, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with um, who with unveiled faces contemplate, uh, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed in his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. See, we live in a veiled society. A lot of us can identify with Moses. We cover up so people can't see what's happening. Because if they really knew what was happening, they may not respect us. They may not like us. We may lose friends. We may lose job positions. I don't know what, what you guys are facing. And so we want to make sure that we live a filtered life. And social media has helped that so much. Uh, social media didn't cause that to happen. Do you understand? Social media didn't make anything happen to us. It just magnified what was already going on in the human heart. So now we can filter who we are. We can filter what we say. There are unintended consequences. Last week I told you that with relationships, relationships have been changed. The term friend is evolving, right? A friend is somebody on Facebook you've never met before. Whereas 50 years ago, a friend uh, went fishing with you. They did things with you. You talked on the phone with them. Now you just may like some statuses and comment and they're a friend. And then you can do friendship on your own terms. I don't like you anymore. Delete. Unfriend. Block. We're not friends. You couldn't do that 50 years ago. You and your friend would get together and talk about it. What's going on? You didn't call me in several days. We need to talk about this. Whereas now we're doing friendship on, on our own terms. And last week we also talked about how um, technology is changing relationships. We've become addicted to immediate affirmation. Oh, I'm feeling a little down. Let's take a selfie. And then bam, like, 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 like. People like me. And dopamine, boom, runs through our system, as our scientists tell us. And we begin to feel good about ourselves. And so that's how technology has changed. Well, today, let me share this with you. How is technology changing relationships? People are starting to fear and avoid unfiltered communication. Say it one more time. People are starting to fear and avoid unfiltered communication. Now, for instance, uh, adults in here, do your children like to talk on the phone or text? Or message or whatever they do. Messengers, text or whatever. When I was growing up, we burned up mom and dad's phone all the time. They're like, get off the phone. We had one phone in the house. We didn't have cell phones when I grew up. And, and they're like, you know, we can't get phone calls coming through. Did the, you know, did the phone beep? I'm, I'm waiting for Ethel to give me a call for that recipe. You're like, no. The, you, know, you know the phone beep like 10 times. You didn't tell mom because you're on the phone with, the, you know, with, with your friend and you're talking. And you would stay up to 2.30 in the morning on the phone. Whereas now they're up messaging to 2.30 in the morning. Everything is text. Everything's message. And what we've learned to do is we've learned to avoid any unfiltered communication. Because on the phone when you're talking, you may say something stupid. And you can't just edit it and go back and rechange it. You can't calculate everything you say. And so we live in a generation that, that, um, that, that, that fears and avoids unfiltered communication. And a lot of times we try to show our fake self and some, and actually someone we're really not. A lot of us are like Moses. 
again, we cover up who we really are. I mean, think about it. Adam and Eve, the first sin in the garden, they sinned, they screwed up. We all do, right? So they, 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 they screw up and what do they do? What's the first thing they do? They try to cover and hide from God. I wanted to filter what was happening. God, I want you to see the, the real us because we've really messed up and let's hide ourselves from you. Let me tell you a secret. You're not going to win and hide in your seat with God. <laughs> You're not going to win and hide in your seat with God. Hey, I mean, he, he, he will find you. He's God. He's everywhere with all that. And what happens is, is we want to hide the authentic us. And friends, the only way you will ever have healthy relationships, the only way you'll ever find true freedom is to remove the veil from your life. When I first gave my life to Jesus, um, you know, I really didn't know, like, because I didn't know a lot about Christendom uh, and Christianity and, and church world and things like that. So I just kind of watched whatever was on TV, you know. I'm not saying all TV preachers are bad. So don't, don't hear that. But a majority of them, it's terrible, you know. Um, it really is. It's like a, a circus show. And so, but I didn't know. I'm just like watching and like, and what, I, and what began to, to sink into me was that all the guys on stage were gurus who had it figured out. They had the, the all you know the, the, the money all came to them. They had the nicest cars and they had planes and jets and they were the gurus and they never had any problems. They could tell you the, the, the secrets and deep things of God. And I just was like, ah. Oh. And what I didn't realize was they were wearing veils. Veils. One guy I remember watching live was found dead in a hotel room in New York from a cocaine overdose. Veils. Covered up who he really was so nobody could see. And the more I watched these guys, the more I just felt like, man, I, I can never measure up. So I tried to be that. As I told you before, I tried to be that person. I tried to, to be what I saw on TV. And then I got exposed to some other guys. So, you know, we, we love Craig Rochelle here, um, guys of that nature. Andy Stanley just saw a video series by him. And I had never seen guys like this teach and preach before. And I realized they begin to share stories about their own struggles, like Perry Noble and guys like that. They talk about how, how, how they, they live with depression and they saw therapists and they, this happened in their marriage and that happened, not, not divorce, but they, 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 they would talk openly about things they were going through. And I was like, oh my God, can you do that from the pulpit? <laughs> and what I found out was they took the veil off and it gave people in their church freedom to take the veil off as well. The more, and the more that, 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 that the leader puts a veil on, the more people begin to put a veil on too. That's what happened with Moses. Moses put the veil on. Oh, don't, don't see the glories passing away. Don't see what's really happening behind the scenes. Paul, please, let's don't reveal that. Let's keep all that hidden. And it found, I found freedom in that. That they didn't have it all together. But there was times they didn't want to pray. And I was like, man, this is so great. Maybe I can just be real too and people accept it. And so far, people have. And that's one of the issues that thrive. Authenticity is a key for us here. That's why when, when, when people stand up here and speak, um, when I do reviews with them, I ask them, did you share where you failed? Did you share with the people when you stood up here how you didn't get this right? Because if you're the one up here saying, well, I got it all right. I never messed up. I'm good. I'm perfect. You need to be like me. Then we have totally done a disservice. Parents, man, be authentic. If you have a botched relationship, Talk with your kids about it. Mommy or daddy screwed up. I made a bad choice. I made a bad decision. I am so sorry. Have you ever talked to your children about that? 
Because many times what we do is we put a veil on and, oh, it's just good, it's good, everything's perfect, everything's perfect. Oh, let's just, let's just sweep it under the rug, sweep it under the rug. Sit with them, talk with them. Be honest and open with them. I can remember the times when my dad was honest and open with me. And it was only a few times in my hand, but I remember when he was honest and open with me. And it did something. When he took the veil off, it made it okay for me to take my veil off as well. You know, I, I actually wrote a blog um, a while back, and the Lord had, had downloaded this really in my heart to do. It was an open letter to critics. Because one of the things in our life, we all have critics, right? We have what we call in this time haters, right? Young people, haters. And crit- not critics, haters. But one of the things I realized, um, you know, especially at, at, at what I do at church, is everybody has an expectation of what church should be when they come in. You've come from, you know, this church here, this church there. You had this experience, or that experience. The pastor did this, did that, and so everybody comes in. Music should be this loud. That it should not be that loud. It should be this long. This short. It should be this song. That song. And everybody comes in, and it's and a lot of times you face a lot of criticism. And I wasn't ready for that when I first got in ministry. It's like, wow! I thought everybody just love it. <laughs> thought it'd <this would> be great. <laughs> And it took a toll on me after a while until I realized, you know what? You're not perfect, Kevin. You don't have a perfect church. You got a bunch of messed up people. You're messed up. And it's okay. Stop trying to have everything perfect. Stop trying to have everything with a veil on it to to look like everything's put together. It's okay. You know what? A lot of your critics in life are probably right. They're probably right. And you got to realize in life, when you take the veil off, you find freedom in your life. Stop living life with filtered communication and filtered relationships. I do my best to show you who I really am to the most and to the point that I can do that. So today, many of you are doing that. You're hiding who you really are. Maybe you post your devotions with your cup of coffee and the coffee is on the table, looks perfect with a cup that says, you know, God is love. And there's steam coming out with the little swirl in it. You know, you guys don't do the swirl. And the Bible's open. You got highlighters there. Like, oh yeah, a great time, a great time with the Lord. My life is so blessed. And you had three minutes, and it was terrible because you didn't understand anything that you read in it, and you're not having the perfect devotional life. <laughs> Some of you post about how much you love your spouse, and you post it on their wall. You're the greatest. You're the most perfect thing ever. But you've never looked in their eyes and told them that. And your marriage is struggling and you're doing your best to cover it up so nobody will find out. Because if you post it on if you post it on social media, everybody thinks you have a great relationship, right? But you've never told them face to face that. Maybe you post about the deep things of the grace and love of God and how, oh man, it's all. But then you realize deep down you're struggling with the concepts of the grace and love of God. You have a veiled life on. Or maybe you post pictures of a great life when in fact you're dying inside. Your selfies look wonderful, but inside you know that you're struggling. And so you filter what people see. So you're asking, well, Kevin, what do I do? Do I go around and just tell everybody how I feel all the time? (laughs) No. Bad idea. (laughs) Understand the difference between being transparent and being vulnerable. I'm transparent from the stage to all of you, but I'm vulnerable to a select few. Does that make sense? Because if you're vulnerable to the wrong people, they're going to use it against you. But you can be transparent with the masses. Meaning that a lot of times, and, and, and you, you guys have seen this before, that, um, that you see people who, uh, you know, you're scrolling on social media, and you're like, oh, I cannot believe they just said that. Oh, why did they 
share that. That's not for social media, right? That's for your private life. <laughs> right? You see that before? Have you ever been scrolling on social media and you, and you got vomited on? <laughs> like you're scrolling, you're like, oh, oh, oh. Like this morning, it happened to me. Before church, I had to spiritually change my clothes. It was like curse words and bad, just stupid stuff. And somebody posted a Photoshop picture of, of the press. It was just terrible. It was terrible. Everything you read on the internet is not true. It's curse words and anger. I'm like, oh, I was trying to worship Jesus and I want to get ready for church. I vomited on. Because you got to understand, you can be transparent to the masses, but be vulnerable to a select few of the people face to face. Don't get vomited on and don't vomit on people on social media. <laughs> Learn to remove the veil in safe environments face to face with people. Learn the difference between being transparent and being vulnerable. And 2 Corinthians 3 5 says this. It says, even to this day, when Moses is read, that's the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, a veil covers their hearts. And let me share this with you in your notes so you can write this down. It says, a veil that first covers the face eventually covers the heart. A veil that, that first covers the face eventually covers the heart. See, what starts as a temporary covering becomes a permanent condition. And that's what happened. Look at the story of Moses. He comes down, he puts a veil over, he's hiding stuff, and then that became the condition of the hearts of the people of Israel who were following him, right? It became a permanent condition. And what you use as a temporary covering, and what you, when you're temporarily trying to cover things up, will often become a permanent condition. For instance, with lying. If, you're, if, you're just, if, you, if you lie to get out of stuff, the more you lie, the more that eventually becomes who you are. And you've met people who begin to lie so much, they believe it. They will lie to your face, and they believe it. You're like, no, I've got eight witnesses. No, I would never do that. Eight people wrong, but, but, but you're, wow. But if you, again, something that's temporary that you do will eventually become the permanent condition of what you really are. A veil that covers the face will eventually cover the heart. Um, when you usually talk, talk to this generation about how they're doing, they, they don't want to talk openly about how they're doing. They, they, they cover and they hide. Just like, how are you doing? I'm fine. Doing good. How was your day at school? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> ask the right question. What was good about your day at school? <laughs> Learn to ask them that. What's good about it? How's your marriage? Fine. We're doing, we're doing great. We're doing good. Your spiritual life. Some of you, how are you? I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Um, <laughs> truth of the matter is, you're actually struggling and highly lying to everyone. <laughs> you're covering up the face and, and, so, and, and you're, covering, you're covering up. So uh, many times what we do is, is we cover up, again, how we really feel, who we really are. And let me encourage you with this. You may impress people with how strong you are to them. Oh, they're so strong. Oh, they have it all together. But you connect with people when you share your weaknesses. People identify when you share weaknesses, not when you boast about how good you are at everything. And that's why it's so important to be authentic. That's how you connect with people. When you find a common ground. You're like, oh man, yeah, that's me. I struggle with the same thing. Oh my gosh, that's so, wow. And, and many times we are actually hurting each other because there's struggles that we have that we're not sharing with anybody. We're not sharing with people and they're actually hurting because they need somebody to open up and say, hey, you know what? You're not alone. Do you understand here at this church some of you are struggling with things that you're so depressed about and you're so ashamed about and let me just tell you something. You're not alone. You're not alone. 
said it again. You're not alone. Right. Man, our marriage is falling apart. I don't know what we're going to do. And we're just hanging on by thread. You're not alone. Right. Man, you know, I'm just addicted to this substance or addicted to this thing. And I don't know if I'm ever going to, I, just, I tell you, I'm just, you're not alone. And the greatest lie the enemy can tell us is that you're all alone. You're the only one who struggles. No one will understand. And you're fighting this by yourself. And we open up and we're authentic. Guess what? We're like, wow, you face the same thing? I sure do. And that's why I do that with you. I want to level the playing field. Because I'll never forget in youth ministry, when I was doing youth ministry one time, I had a young man come to me and, and, and um. His life had just fallen apart, man. It just fallen apart. He was doing so good and just falling apart. And we, and we sat down and had coffee one time and we were talking. He said, and, and I said, you know, um, Aaron, you don't know this, this guy from a hole in the wall. I said, you know, man, I struggle with stuff too. He's like, yeah, but you struggle with spiritual stuff. You're a pastor. I struggle with the flesh. I struggle. I was like, no, man. No, 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 no. You're not alone. There are many folks who struggle with the same things you're struggling with. And he began to dive into a life of sin and dive into a life of sin and lose everything he had worked for in the Lord because he thought he was alone. So surely you're you're a pastor. You don't understand. And when we open up and we're authentic with people about how we really are and what we're really facing, it actually gives strength. See, we have a generation that's so consumed with image management. Image management. And usually what we do is I give you some good practical advice. You know, three points. You know, but today, I just want to do simply. I want to give you some God advice. And I only have one point this morning to give you. Some God advice. Only one point to give you. And here's the point. Only Christ can remove the veil. If you, you're like, man, I just, I cannot be open. I cannot be honest. I cannot do this. I cannot do that. Christ can remove that for you. And you can find true freedom in your life. 2 Corinthians 3.16 says this. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And it says turn to the Lord. Many of us are turning to people for affirmation. We're wanting our spouses and our kids and everybody on social media to give us only what the Lord can give us. And you always find yourself in deficiency when you're looking for other people to give you only what Jesus can give you. I mentioned several weeks ago in my own life I found that out when I was trying to look for my my wife and, and, and this newborn baby to give me affirmation that only Jesus can give me. And understand when you turn to the Lord, he will remove the veil. He will allow you to accept yourself for who you really are. Understand this. If you're in Jesus, meaning you've accepted Jesus, you're a follower of Jesus, you've repented of your sins, you believe he's Lord, and you've made him your Savior, that he already approves of you. You know, I don't ever leave thinking, did I do a good job? Did I do good? Did I do good? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? That's no, seriously, how, how am I doing? Is this okay? No, I'm checking. I'm checking. But early on, that's what I wanted. I watched a lot of young pastors and a lot of these guys from Emmanuel College can tell you that they're serving here on staff. Um, a lot of guys get into ministry because they come and do this and somebody says, hey, young buck, I'm really proud of you. Good job, buddy. Good job. Oh, you really think I did good? Oh, you liked it? You approve of me? I did good? Well, I would love to do this every week because everybody would just love everything that I do. And a lot of guys get into ministry because they're looking for people in the congregation to give them affirmation. Can I just be honest with you? I don't really care if you like it or not. I want you to be impacted by it. I don't, I'm not here to impress. I am... I, 
but Alan and I were talking backstage. He's like, hey man, do you get, do you get nervous anymore? He's like, no, I don't get nervous anymore. I get, I get, I get kind of anxious. I'll make sure that I'm not, you know, botching the sermon where I'm not giving bad information. So I'll make sure I had the, the stuff down, you know. But I don't, I don't, get, I don't, I don't get nervous because I'm not here to impress. I want to impact. I want people's lives to be changed. Whether you liked it, you know, you, you can go to a, to a, you know, a Christmas play at night and like it but not be changed. <laughs> I want to make sure that life... And so I had to make a change in my life where I understand that the Lord approves of me. Jesus already approves of me. I don't need people... I don't need the encouragement committee to show up my door and give me a pat on the back every week. Right? But why? Because Jesus approves of me. And we get to that point and understand that God approves us up, approves of us, and then we can take the, the veil off, and then we can have unfiltered lives in front of all the people that we are around. See, your identity is not how many followers you have on Twitter or Facebook. Your identity is found in who you are following, and that is Jesus. You're following him, and that's where your identity is found. Let me close with this scripture here this morning. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18 says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Say freedom. Freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from having people's approval. Freedom from trying to hide who we really are. It says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory or being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory. When you turn to the Lord and you take the veil off and you're honest about where you're really at, then the Lord can begin to transform you. But the more you hide where you're really at, nobody can do anything for you. It's only when you take it off and let His glory begin to transform you. See, the Bible says this. That when we are weak, he does what? Makes us strong. His strength is perfected in our what? Our weaknesses. Not in our veiled faces of <laughs> life's great. Everything's just so wonderful. That's one thing I do with our staff. And when we sit down and have staff meetings, last week I shared a personal devotion of some things I was really struggling with personally in my heart. And the Lord called me out on it. And I knew that I wanted to give them freedom because they may, they may have been feeling the same thing. I didn't know. I didn't even plan to share this devotion because it was my personal time until I was praying. And while I was praying to open the staff meeting, I was like, I, I just got to share this. And I always want to make sure that, that I am open and honest and I'm transparent where I'm at. If I can be open and honest, that means they can. And when we're open and honest where we're struggling, where we're weak, we don't think we're good enough, we can't make it, then that way, man, I'm telling you, strength pours into your life. What we do when I get ready to pray for you, and we always have the worship team play at the end, you know when we do that? You know what that time should be? It should be called a weakness time. It should be called a weakness time where you're literally saying, Jesus, I live with a veil on my face. Man, I want to look perfect in front of people. I'm struggling. Help me because I'm weak. And when you're honest that you're weak, that's when he makes you strong. That's why we have a prayer team that sets up at the back. So we have a prayer team that sets up in front. So you can go to them and say, look, I'm just going to be honest with you. Man, I'm struggling. Pray for me. And when you are open and honest with where you're really at, then Jesus can really step in to your life. But as long as we have the veil on, as long as we have filtered communication and filtered relationships, we will never find the freedom that Jesus wants to give us in our lives. If you will stand to your feet this morning. As you stand to your feet, I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes in here.
I believe today that this message is, I believe it's for everyone, but I believe there's some people here today that are following Jesus. You know you love the Lord, but you know also too, man, gosh, I'm struggling with some things and I'm wearing a veil. I'm like Moses. I, I don't want to see people what's really happening behind the veil. I'm wearing it. And I really need the Lord to give me this freedom and give me this strength and transform me into his glory. Today, I want to be honest and let Jesus do a work in my heart because there's some areas that I know he needs to step into. Today, if that's you, if you want to be open and be honest and say I'm weak, I need this help, just lift your hand up to heaven. I'm going to pray for you. Amen. 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 My hand's up right here with you. I just want to pray for you today that you want to take the veil off and say, man, I need some, I need strength in these areas. I'm going to pray for you, but I want you this week to find somebody, find somebody that you can just share with. Maybe it's a prayer team member here. Maybe it's a small group leader. Maybe it's a friend with what you're going through as well. Not only being honest with Jesus, but honest with people and take the veil off. Let me pray for you this morning. Everybody raise their hand. Father, in the beautiful, wonderful name of Jesus, we thank you that we can take the veil off, that we can turn to you, the veil can be removed, and Lord, we can find freedom in you. We can be open and honest with our weaknesses. We can be open and honest with what we're struggling with and how we're struggling. And Lord, we thank you that you do not cast down anyone who comes to you with humility and with weakness. For your strength is perfected in our weaknesses. That's so beautiful. So Lord, may we always be so open just to share weaknesses, doubts, fears, anxieties, depressions, addictions, hurts. God, may we not post that everything's great and everything's loved. And may, may we just run to you, the one who wants to be, be the father of the fatherless, who wants to defend the defenseless, who wants to help the helpless. You don't help those who help themselves. God, today, we are telling you we cannot help ourselves. And we're asking for your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit to give us the freedom that is promised in 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18 today, God. May we, Lord, today take the veil off. Will you help us do that and find freedom? Now, I pray for whatever the people are struggling with in here, God. Hands were raised. I pray, Lord, for the presence of the Holy Spirit right now where they're standing to begin to fill their life up, that they would experience your presence and experience your joy and experience your peace today, God. That they would experience life transformation in this place. God, we ask for that right now. We thank you that when we ask of you, you're already working in our midst. It's not going to happen on Monday. It's not going to happen when we leave church. But right now, you're working in those areas, Father. We praise you for that in this place. And 